The pass from Havili was magic. The shift on for Crotty. Boom, far down you go, Quaggett Smith. Me, oh my, I have enjoyed that. Yes, boy. Sit back, relax, put your belt on, enjoy the show. Welcome to Season 3, Episode 14 of the Draft Rugby Podcast, where we discuss Fantasy Super Rugby, the game they play online in heaven. You can find the website at draftrugby.com and get after us on the socials. We are at Draft Rugby and, of course, support us on Patreon. Well, I'm your host, Kagi, and tonight I'm joined once again by Harry. How are you, champ? Always good, mate. Always good. It was good having you fellas around on the weekend, entertaining and watching some footy. That's it, in the new house. How good. Um, and also joining us tonight, we have the super sub, Nabung, filling in for Nelson. Nabung, mate, how are you? And uh, and who are you repping this week? Who's your, your super sub of round five, 2020? I'm I'm back, boys. It's it's good to be back on. Uh, Rohan put the call out and Gondo has answered the call. So um, <laughs> we're back. Uh, I am, uh, this week, today's super sub is uh, Alex Fadau. 40 minutes, 46 points. Uh, coming off the bench. So uh, he did mighty well coming right off and putting the Sunwolves to the sword. Very good. Yes, one of my favourites. Um, big fan of him. Would like to see him get some more minutes. But um, just like you, I guess, some more minutes, neighbour. That's all right. Answer <laughs> um, the call. That's it. Uh, and so, look, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention this is Nabung's, uh 10th pod cup. He's just entered the double digits, a momentous occasion. So well yeah. done. He's now the fourth. Fourth most capped uh, podcaster on the Draft Rugby podca- uh, podcast. Um, he's been he's been very hungry for uh, the call up off the pine this year. He uh, he super subbed in for um, for us making an appearance with uh, with Paul on the driving mall. So um, how did you enjoy that, Nabon? Yeah, that no, was good fun. Good to chat to rugby with a guy that um, he, he knows. Uh, is obviously I listened to a few of his podcasts today in the car, and he's, uh, he definitely knows his stuff. So. Um, good to talk about someone that knows rugby just as much as I do. <laughs> very good. High praise of yourself, I think. But, um, oh, mate. No, I was going to you... say, this is the first time I've, ever, I've, I've had actually praise for you. So I'm not used to this. I'm a bit, I'm a bit flustered. <laughs> oh, mate, getting hot. Getting, getting red cheeks there, mate. It's all right. Um, <laughs> no, well, look, um, if you haven't, had it, if you haven't uh, come across Paul's content before, um, he's at the Driving Mall um, and he provides loads of content and really good stuff. So... Be sure to check him out. Now, uh, it was a while ago, but speaking of Nelson on the bottom of the table, um, he's not here to defend himself, so we can talk about that as much as we want. Um, Harry, in your spare time, I believe you did a little bit of digging and have come up with some interesting stats regarding the one and only back-to-back wooden spooner. Yeah, that's right, Matt. I, I did touch on the fact that um, I would be telling the world about our head-to-head matchup record at the moment. I think that's why Nelson's not on tonight. So we've been playing this game for many, many years, and I thought, geez, it's been a while since he beat me. I wonder how long it's been. He has not beaten me in a head-to-head matchup since round three of 2016. Four years ago. Four years ago. In fantasy footy, I am on a 12-game winning streak against him head-to-head, including knocking him out and taking a championship of him. Wow. Wow. Well, um, the poor bloke. Four more years. We'll give Nelson an entire Four week to um, come, up, come up with a list of excuses for that. But, um, yeah, that's right. Very It'll good. Be- no, that's, that's quite the record. I'm sure Nelson will be furiously trying to um, look up what our record is, my, mine in his head-to-head. But um, I haven't had a look yet, but I'm pretty sure I'm going to be on top of that. So um, stay tuned. No doubt he'll bring it up if he's ahead of me. And uh, if I can be bothered looking it up, I'll bring it up next week. So there you go. 
Well, he, he has spooned two years in a row, so I don't think it's looking likely, Craig. No. That, exactly. So, um, very good. All right, well, how about we move on? For tonight's uh, pod, for Entree, we're going to review Super Rugby 2020 Round 5. For Main Course, we're going to preview what's to come in Round 6. And for dessert, we had such a good fun with it last week, um, and also it was a really easy way <laughs> to fill in dessert. We're going to uh, respond to some more listeners' questions. Um, so we had quite a few people send them through. We're looking forward to that. All right, let's jump straight into round five and um, the entree. So the buys this week were the Chiefs, Crusaders, and Brumbies, so a lot of everyone's fantasy teams. And, um, yeah, I'm going to take us away with the first fixture. So we had the Highlanders losing uh, at home under the roof, 22-28 to the Rebels, um, three tries to four. I don't know who would have seen that coming. Um, we certainly no said there's going to be a lot of it. No <laughs> That's it. We said there was going to be a lot of fantasy points in this one because we, we love under the roof, but um, we were saying pick up the Highlanders. So anyway, um, all right, for this one returning, we had Matty Tamua come back from a groin injury. He had a great game. Jordan Ulysses, the prince that was promised, first appearance in 2020 off the bench, um, coming back from a, a hammy tears, the latest. Uh, the Highlanders had Jeff Thwaites coming back from an ankle injury. Uh, I think he returned off the bench as well, loose head prop. Yeah. And, um, yeah, look, while we're talking about that, new injury. So, biggest one of the round, probably the year, I'm going to say, James Lenchies. Uh, wow. That um, Harry can tell us a little bit of what he actually did, but damn. Yeah, there's a couple of these injuries a few years ago, but the one that sticks in my mind is Drew Mitchell did the same thing, and it was just as horrific. He fractured and dislocated his ankle. So, they said he's going for surgery in the next seven to ten days, and he won't be back for six to nine months, but... For someone like Drew, I know he said later on that it took him a good couple of seasons to start to get his body working again right. It was a really tough injury and tough to watch. Yeah, it did kind of look like his foot was upside down for a while there. Yeah. And I've never seen anyone I've never seen anyone other than Nabung suck down on the green whistle that hard, to be honest. So. Yeah, that was just um, hearing, hearing wail in pain like he did. Whoa, it sent trembles up my spine. He, um, he he did post out on, um, on I think it was Twitter or Instagram, he felt a lot better now that his leg doesn't look like a question mark, which I thought was pretty good quality. <laughs> oh, yes. No, I, I thoroughly enjoyed Nobung's ACL injury. But, look, I haven't left myself much time to talk about this game. So let's power through it. Other injuries. Daniel Leonard-Brown, also his ankle, but um, he would probably be fine. And Robbie Thompson with a mystery injury. We're not really sure, but he just... Um, Hasn't been named to go on tour, but we'll get to that in the previews. So this game, what happened? The Rebels came out of nowhere, composure and possession. I think for me, the most telling stat was I think 25 minutes in, they had 13 offloads to the Highlanders one. They just were keeping the ball alive and executing skills like they should be. They're professional rugby players. So um, no, it was a pretty incredible performance from them. They just they just kept at the Highlanders. Um the, the points that stuck out in the game for me were Jesse Peretti um, basically created both the Highlanders tries in the first half with two just insane offloads. Um, they were ridiculous. Uh, if you watch the highlights, you'll, they'll definitely make it in there. Um, and otherwise, look, Andrew Kellaway, the man has gas, two 50-metre tries. So he just broke out, had people close chasing him, but um, just seemed to get away from them. So very good. Uh, the, the Landers did their best to try and take out Captain DHP, uh, Two yellow guards took him out in the air twice. And otherwise, the Rebels stole three lineouts. Matt Phillip taking him to top of the um, lineout steals for 2020. Um, but, I mean, the Highlanders' lineouts have been terrible. The only saving grace for their lineouts have been um, 
Sorry, the Sharks lineups would be terrible. No, both um, like they've they've played the real nufties in the lineout at the moment. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Sorry, the Sharks and Highlanders have had terrible lineups. Yeah, Sunwolves, all yeah. of them, they all suck. <laughs> anyway, that's enough of that. The Rebels, it's their first ever win in Dunedin. Um, How good? How and, good? Yeah, pretty massive. Um, and look, there's no real stats that stand out particularly interesting. I mean, there's 30 to 17 tackle busts. Um, otherwise, they're pretty even kind of throughout. Um, and that was 30 to 17. That's Highlanders two Rebels. So actually, Highlanders was almost double the the tackle bus. But um, anyway, there you go. All right, fantasy man of the match, uh, Moreno Michele, two seventy points. It's pretty good if he was doing that. And it what didn't seem really obvious, like he didn't to mine. I didn't think he had a standout game, but absolutely crushed it. So just got through a lot of work. Um, Eleven carries for over 80 meters, line break, three tackle bus, line out steal, and four line out takes. So he was playing a big role in that line out. Um, and then lastly, Aaron Smith, 51 points, Jesse Peretti, 49, and for the Rebels, we had Kellaway with 69 points and Matty Phillip with 46. So that'll do us for that game. Uh, and Abang, why don't you get stuck into the Tars Lions? We're very happy with that. We are very happy with that. The uh, Waratahs got their first win on their belt, uh, which is good to see against the Lions at home. Waratahs 29, Lions 17, five tries to two. Um, we saw Andre Warner return at halfback over uh, the Lions, the young bloke, Vander, what's, it, what's his last name? Vander something or other. Vandenberg. Yeah, Vandenberg, that's the one. Um, he had a solid game. Uh, new injuries that we had, I felt like Tars just, every time they took the camera over to the bench, there was just a new bloke on there. So it started off with Gordon. Um, who, you know, obviously a big core part of the group for the Tars. Um, he had a hamstring injury. What do we think about that, Has Do we know how long he's... He was he was sitting on the sideline without even ice on it, so it can't be that bad, really. Yep, mm. beauty. Um, Rob Simmons uh, had, came off with an ankle injury. Um, before that, he got into a bit of a... I wouldn't call it fisty cuff, I'd just call it rugby. But... Um, it was, uh, what's his name, um, Shuman giving him a bit of a open palm to the face, was it? Or was it a close it, palm? It was Ruben Schumann oh. and then a bit of eye gouging yeah. as well, just to add some more I mean, flavour. Doing, doing the eye test on him. Yeah, right. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Anyway, who want, wouldn't want to bash Simmons anyway? So I was going to say, like, he didn't do a I'd good enough job excuse. as far as we're concerned. Yeah, basically. <laughs> should have just made it a red card and just gone to town. Um, the next one, Mark Nwanganitawazi. Um, he was actually having a cracker game, a few offloads down near the left-hand touchline. What he was, he switched his hands to his. The guy was that was coming across uh, was covering his left hand, so he switched it to his right, chucked it over the top. Absolutely beautiful. Um, and we know that this man is going to be absolute gun. Um, he ended up came off with a hamstring injury. Um, and what minute was that? We just came. Do we know when he came off with yeah, that? Are you saying Mark knowing in a Tawazi? Yeah, he had a hamstring injury, yeah? Yeah, it was it was actually yeah. his back that I've said now. So it must have yeah, been right. asking is that, which is, is not a bad thing. If they're saying hammy and then back, then normally those are like the neural hammies that look like a, a hamstring injury, but they're actually just referred. And the average time out for that's like one week. So he, he, he won't miss a lot of footy, I wouldn't think. Yeah, I right think it was and, because yep. until the, until this week he's carried the hopes of Waratahs fans um, on his back this season. So um, <laughs> yeah. Right. yeah, fair Heavy enough. Light. 
and and she took a came off with um, an ankle injury as well. But um, I'll let Kagi take the privilege since he has him. A couple of line breaks, young, absolute gun, future 100-cap wallaby. What's his name, Greg? Angus Bell, mate. How good was he? He uh, scored his first Super Rugby try and just absolutely lit it up, mate. It's uh, Harry Harry immediately said in our, our group rugby chat, uh, I think it's good night to Tom Robinson's uh, Waratah and Test career if uh, Angus yep. Bell's already playing like that. So, yeah, yeah he, was, he, was, he was just you, one yeah, of the young Robertson. Yeah. Harry had Robertson as well um, and decided to drop him. Obviously, uh, great foresight from um, the champ over there. Um, Similani, he uh, what? He came on after 25 minutes for an HIA, and then um, and he came back on after the new guy, after the starting guy came back on after 50 minutes. Um, what do we think about him? He's got to be starting surely. Well, look, we'll talk about him in the preview, but um, yeah, yeah, yep. I mean. I think I think we'll get into more of that in the, in the preview actually, but um, yeah, I mean he looked electric when he was on there. It's just he's got to get opportunity there. Right, uh, beauty match stats line surprisingly actually had sixty one percent possession and territory. Um, the run meters were actually huge, four ninety one to five oh two, so it was quite an open game. Uh, tackle bus twenty six to fifteen, line break seventeen to five, offloads fifteen to seven, and turnovers one ten to three. So. It's actually what Lions had most of, well, the Tars had most of those stats. So, um, yeah, no, they're pretty dominant, obviously. Fantasy man of the match, another young gun, Will Harrison, 75 points, 12 carries for 90 metres, two line breaks, seven tackle busts, one offload, 14 tackles for a, for a 5'8", and he actually likes to, it seems like he actually likes to make tackles, which is bizarre for a number 10, and uh, one turnover, one. Uh, Angus Bell, 73 points, Hooper, 60 points, Dempsey, 56, and Tyrone Green, 44 points. Nice. So we can move that straight in. Go, Has. Let's do it. Hurricanes versus the Sunwolves. So no uh, no award here to guess who won this one. 62 to 15, 10 tries to two. That's the second week in a row the Sunwolves have conceded 10 tries. And to be honest, I thought that they this was a little bit closer than I expected. <laughs> I thought that they were going to go down by a little bit more. So credit to their defence, better than I thought it was. Um, but to, to, be, to be honest with you, I think that was probably a lack of goal kicking from the Hurricanes more than the good defence from the Summers. Uh You had James Blackwell coming back from this niggly toe injury. He missed a game earlier in the season. It sounds like it's just going to be a constant thing that he has to manage. So that's a terrible option for a pretty average fantasy player as well. And James Marshall got his first run off the bench as well. They were talking him up as a possible senior option to play at 5'8 this year. Um, and he didn't go on tour early to South Africa, but, yeah, finally getting some minutes as well. No new injuries in this one, so that was good to see. Um, the Summers really fast out of the blocks again. I don't know what they do in their warm-up, but they seem to get ahead of pretty much every team they play. This time it was points machine. Michael Stolberg scoring a try out of absolutely nowhere. Kagi would have been cheering. I was. No, I picked this bloke up because he does all of – he plays 80 minutes, does all their work, takes all of their lineouts. Literally, the bloke catches like eight to ten lineouts a game. But um, couldn't believe my eyes when he uh, ran through that line break for a try. Yeah. Mate, you stole him from underneath me. I would have loved him as well, just didn't quite get the opportunity. Um, after that, though, it was one-way traffic. There was there was lots of good games from the, the Hurricanes, especially the backs. But let's be honest, this was the Vince Assel show. I'll get to his stats in a minute, but he was absolutely everywhere. 
Um, again, another man I would have loved to get, but Nabung, you got some thoughts on that one, champ? <laughs> oh, he uh, he was pretty dominant, wasn't he? But he still wasn't even enough to get me the win, which is highly disappointing. Yeah, well, I'll, I may as well jump to it. The fantasy man of the match was Vince Sasso, 116 points, easily the highest of the year so far. 11 carries for over 120 metres, six line breaks, seven tackle busts, two offloads, a tackle, a try, and four try assists. He is wow. now so, so good to watch. Wow. You also you also had Cobus Van Vyck on debut for the Hurricanes. He was third on the points, 75 points and three tries to him. Obviously, he's been with the Stormers and then the Sharks more recently. And I did read an article today, him just saying he was in disbelief that he was part of the Hurricanes team. Yeah, and, and no fantasy managers took up in our league took up our advice saying pick up any yeah. Hurricanes outside backs. He was left vacant in ours. Huge. Absolutely crazy. And uh, that leads us to the second man of the match, uh, Chase Tietaya, who scored two tries, 76 points as well. So points all around for their backs, outside backs. Fletcher Smith, I thought, just quick comment on him. He's playing at 10 because Garden Bashup has a hand injury and will miss a few weeks. But uh, he looks like he's lost all confidence at this level. I just don't think it's going to happen for him now. And it actually wouldn't surprise me to see James Marshall take that starting jersey this week. And final comment on this one, Saya Saya for Fita. I picked him up because he's just another one of those giant unit Japanese wingers. He's listed as a centre in our competition in our format as well. He only touched the ball twice. The first one, he made a couple of tackle busts, and the second one, he ran over half the team to score down the short side from a scrum and scored a try as well. So if they get him ball, he could be absolutely anything. And I'm looking for his the huge inconsistent scores that the Japanese wingers are known for. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Salmaki 2.0. Well, at least as opposed to Salmaki, he's on the field. It looks like who else have they got? He's going to be on there every week, it seems like. So, I've got one more thing. One more thing I've got to say on this one. So yeah. the Hurricanes made more line breaks than they did gain line carries. They made 29 line breaks and 28 gain line carries. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen that before in my life. Insane. Huge. Very good. Any more fantasy points to take us through? Well, not worth it. Uh, yeah, sorry, mate. Vea for 62 points. Oh, where did that come from? Good man. Nani Lamape, 54. TJ Perinara, 52. And Stolberg, your mate, 53. How good. So half of the hurricane, All right. basically. Yep, that's it. That's it. We had to keep going down until we got to one yeah. Sunwolf, really. And, and that was the only <laughs> Sunwolf that scored anything was Stolberg. So there you go. Um, there you go. All right. That takes us to the Red Sharks. The Reds, uh, after the high of defeating the Sunwolves with 10 tries, uh, going down to the Sharks, 23 to 33 at home in Queensland. So returning, we had Filippo Dalgunu coming back. From, uh, we didn't, we weren't sure if we were going to even see him on the bench, but he was returning from a uh, red card tip tackle in the preseason. Um, so he got banned for five weeks after, I think he scored something like four or five tries that game and then tipped it off at the end with a tip tackle and got banned for five weeks. So um, absolute coach killer there. But um, he came back off the bench. Um Lucanio Arm came back from a Springbok rest, so captain of the Sharks, um, and he looked good. New injuries we saw. James O'Connor, he came off about 50 minutes, and with it, all of the Reds hoped uh, in that game as well. Um, it was an ankle injury, and we'll have to watch this space on it. It could just be a sprain, or it could be something more serious. Um, news will come out, no doubt. Uh, check the casualty ward. Um, Harry Wilson, he... Just went in for a tackle head first and got knocked on his ass and um, concussed. So he left the game, uh, did not pass an HIA, and we'll see 
how he goes with the return to play protocols this week. And Thomas Detoy also offer a concussion. I didn't actually see that one, but um, I, I think uh, did he come back on as well or not? Maybe not. Maybe that might have been. No, he didn't. Was still, yeah, okay. It was still the first half actually, but um, but yeah, uh, this game. Hey, Tom, uh, Tom uh, yeah, Tom Uh No, I think he did actually because I remember them talking about him dominating the uh, reserve front row. So he must have. Yeah, okay, he must have come back on. Yeah. Um, very good. All right. Well, this game, talking about yeah, dominating reserve front row, uh, I think Reds fans went a real high from last week, despite it just being the Sunwolves. But um, regardless of that or not, the dominance we've seen from that Reds forward pack, uh, we were expecting to, to still see over the Sharks. Um, but uh, it wasn't wasn't necessarily to be. Um, the, the Reds did win three of the Sharks scrums, the Sharks feeds, but they did lose two of their own. So it wasn't that absolute domination where I think uh, that um, this game was going to come down to kind of the Reds forward pack versus the Sharks flair. And yeah, by the time James O'Connor left in the 50th minute, it was the Sharks flair was all day and the Reds, Reds just didn't really have much at all. So um, particularly their rolling, their rolling mall defense was absolutely terrible. I think one of the Sharks tries was 20 meters out just um, absolutely. And, and they haven't been threatening with rolling malls at all so far. So I guess somehow they picked it with on the Reds, but um yeah, only other really big fantasy point I want to make from this one was Dillard, Dylan Richardson, our fantasy man of the match. Harry picked him up on a specy this week. Was very surprised that it managed to get past me that I didn't pick up on this. But uh, Dylan Richardson was someone we discussed for the Sharks in our um, preseason preview. And uh, he has played both hooker and back rower. He's quite clearly a back rower at the Super Rugby level, but he's listed as a hooker and therefore gets double points for tackles, and 15 points for tries and whatnot. And boy, did he make some tackles. Made 22 tackles. That's 44 points. Scored a try, Legends. 15 points. Legends. And um, our fantasy man of the match, 83 points this week. So huge from him. Um, that's it. Uh, yeah, in terms of... There's nothing really interesting out of the stats. Um, the Sharks tackled at 93%. Reds at 83%. Um, and then... The Reds did have more line break, the double line breaks, eight to four, but the Sharks just, yeah, composed, just uh, stuck to their, their, the way they've been playing. It was great. So other fantasy performances, um, Sigabuzo Nochi, 50 points, just rock solid again. I think he beat like half the team to set up another try. That was you know, a great defended off at, uh, It was a what? Great run. Great run. Yeah. Actually, I just He's, didn't. It took me three looks to realize who it was. It just didn't look like it. <laughs> I know. He has been phenomenal. He's had a second life. Um, and otherwise, we had the only ones from the Reds were Henry Spade with 43 points and Angus Scott Young, 42. So there wasn't a whole lot of fantasy points um, on offer in this game. Neighbor, you want to take us on to the Stormers and the Blues, please? Yeah, beautiful. I thought actually this could have been the, uh, the surprise of the round with the Stormers going down at home to the Blues, 14 mm. to 33. Um, so that's two tries to three. Um, we had Rico Yawani coming back, which I was pretty excited about as a Rico owner. Um, <laughs> and we only and we had one new injury uh, at, with PSTD, so Peter stepped to point with a quad. Um, Harry, do yeah, we know how long? Do we know how long he's uh, he's gone for, or is that just a? No, no, that we know, we know. So he, he's gone. He's gone for an operation. They said there was such bad bruising in his quad. He needs an operation, I assume, to to take the pressure off it, um, which is pretty pretty rare. But they said he's he could be gone for the next two months. 
Oh, I, I actually read yeah. the article because I have Peter Steff to tour my team. Now, he's had the operation on Sunday, had it very quickly, and it is, yeah, it's two months, so... It's, yeah, um, so the issue is if it bleeds a lot, it can they can cause too much compression in the compartment in that front of his thigh and potentially cause damage to the muscle or the nerve. So that'll be why. Yeah, right. So Storm has already, already, already lost Khaleesi, now lost World Rugby Player of the Year, Peter Stepped to it. So we'll see how well their season keep, keeps going. Exactly right. So that's that's pretty huge for them. Um, I think the Blues just got out to an absolute flyer to start off with and, and, and the Storm has just struggled. Um, to try and chase it back. What the Blues got out to a 20-point lead to start off with, and they're actually yeah. coming up with some quality play. Um, a Terry Black is on fire at 10, and Perifeta at 15. I actually just think that suits the Blues, to be honest, um, rather than, you know, when Perifeta was at 10. But Terry Black's kicking his goals. Seems like he's actually controlling the game completely. So um, when Bodie Barrett comes back, uh, obviously, he'll come back and slot straight in. It'll be interesting to see which position he takes. Um, but we can talk about that a little bit later. Um, other things, TJ Farney, he actually, I thought he had a cracker game at 12. Um, he has that he has that play where he can actually play as a, play as a second playmaker and, and crash ball as well. Rico, I think he's better on the wing. Um especially when Marchant's playing on the wing this game and uh, why don't you just swap them over? I, d- I don't get what they're trying to play. Obviously, Rico's trying to get in and say that he wants to play 13. But um, anyway, I think he's, he's he's one of the best wingers in the world, so I don't know why you're not keeping him there. Main stats, uh, the Blues had 63% possession and 67% territory. Um, the main... The main stat that you kind of want to look at, though, the Stormers' tackle percentage is 74%. They missed 37 tackles compared to the Blues' nine. So that's just kind of where it looked like it all went wrong, especially from a team where they pride themselves on their defence. So very interesting to see that... Um, Ooh, they're, uncharacteristic. They're, yeah, no, I, they're down. I don't think so. They missed a lot against the Lions as well. It seems to be a real issue for them. Yeah, but the, the, the teams aren't scoring tries against them. There's all minimal true. points that. Um, so, you know, I haven't watched not, this game, but it, surely mm. it's all about when, whenever Peter Steph went off because he makes all their tackles, doesn't he? You know, <laughs> true, and does true, yeah. yeah, true. Um, fantasy man of the match was Kurt Eklund with 58 points, 10 carries for over 30 meters, one line break, two tackle busts, eight lineouts, one one offload, and nine tackles. So that's good all round play. From Eklund. Um, the rest, uh, Hoskins so 2 2, 55 points, Perifetta 54, and the winger Peterson on 41 points. And if you're asking yourself who is Kirk e- Kurt Eklund, uh, you're not alone, but um, yeah, can the Blues get a hooker, please? Send us off when we're up there, do us all a favour. Eklund was good, mate. Eklund was good. He's <laughs> fantastic right, man we- of the match, Craigs. Yeah, all right. Well, that speaks volumes about that game for me. How was that? Where, where was Rico, mate? Rico didn't even touch the balls up. Yeah, I was a bit disappointed, to be honest. Yeah. All right. Let's I, keep going. I, I don't even own him, and I was. <laughs> Last game was the Bulls versus the Aguares, and I know we normally start with the scores, but I want to start with this was, believe it or not, actually not the worst game to watch. If you're a Bulls fan and you haven't been watching, this is the one you should turn it into. They didn't go so well. I'll I'll break the spoiler right now. But they actually looked like they wanted to pass the ball, not just kick it. And score. 
24-39, the Jaguares got up. It was three tries to six as well. Returning, you had Santiago Carreras, their first choice fullback. He was rested God, last he's good. So he, he's so good. He just didn't get enough ball. He got that early early line break to set up Buffelli, but I just want him to get sure. more tax at all. why I dropped him. That was a dumb move. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Thank you, though. Thanks, mate. Um, Geronimo De La Puente came back in. He was pulled pre-game the week before. Um, and uh, really, let's be honest, He's although he's a senior figure in the team, I don't think he's their best inside centre anymore. Um, Marco Van Sarden for the Bulls came back. And, mate, this guy is an absolute weapon, but he's had a really injury-plagued and disrupted couple of years. He scored a really good try off a Bulls trick line-out play, which I was loving watching, and he was just an absolute menace over the ball as well. So, really, he's one of my favourite open-side flankers going around in the world. Yeah, his, his work rate is immense, but um, that line-out trick play, that, that was so good, it even made Jakob Asagi look like a good player. You know what I mean? Like, I couldn't believe it. it was... <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> That's how good it was. No yeah. new injuries in this one, none at all, uh, again. Actually... I've got here, again, not the worst game to watch. I'm still in disbelief. Um, Warwick Alain, I, I, I thought he was worth a mention because he looks like he's getting back to his 2018 form. He was a rock-solid fantasy outside back in those days. Last year, he was a real bum, and I was really disappointed with him, and I wasn't at all surprised that he didn't end up as the second-choice fullback for the South Africans because he just wasn't in good enough nick. But he's a fantastic second playmaker when he's in form, and he's got quite a solid running game as well. So it's really good to see him inject himself in the line and really provide a bit of a spark for this bull side which let's be honest is, is not going to get it from their first choice 10 that that finish in the corner was something uh, that was, it was pretty decent i've never for, for a bloke that uh, doesn't look like he can kick a ball properly an uncoordinated bloke and uh, that finish was pretty impressive absolutely mm-hmm. You had uh, you also had Joaquin Diaz Ponisha, who's obviously been told he needs to do something other than kick to hold out Domingo Miotti, and that he did with this insane flick pass to set up Buffelli for one of his two tries. Did you guys see that? Yeah, it was after an impressive line break. You kind of I feel like you could actually see the moment on his face where he went, "Oh no, I've got to run it," and then he stepped inside. Awesome line break. It was like, "Oh my god." Well, if, if that worked, why don't I just try anything next? And he threw this insane um, yeah, very <laughs> offload. Yeah. Loved it. Uh, Mornay Stain, I say it every week, but man, his goal kicking is absolutely outrageous. I don't know about the last kicks, but his first three in a row were from the touch line, and it went yeah. over the black dot without waving a second. Insane. Um, what else? So three minutes before the halftime, the Haguaris scored a couple of tries. I think that was the reason they won. The Bulls just switched off mentally and it just kind of fell apart for them a little bit there. They could have been up by a fair bit, the Bulls going into the half, but instead they went in by down by a couple of points. Ambrose Papier got a chance to start over Ivan Van Ziel, and I just think he offered a lot more. He set up that um, Warwick Lant try down the short side and he's just provides that spark that they need. Again, they need some creativity and I think he provides that. Nafi Tordavaki got his first wrong, the, the Tongan first run sorry the tone international but he was just completely absent he literally ran the ball once in the 62nd minute and that was about it he's 31 years old and i just i don't see him coming good i think he's a waste of space and i would not be picking him up um <laughs> that's, that's very well, hard i like fair it enough yeah <laughs> i feel like that was an mo to, to me more than anything it was like a... yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, i can't give you uh, Boffelli, he was kicking goals at the back end of the game, so that's a bit gut-wrenching for me because of a bet that I'm going to get onto later. And I, just quick shout-out to the South African commentators. I've never liked a single game that I've called. I actually thought they were pretty good in this one. 
good here in Warwick Talant's nickname is the Boogeyman because you never know where he's going to pop up. Fair enough. Top uh, top stats, fantasy man of the match, Kido Petty, 64 points, seven carries for almost 30 metres, a line break, two tackle busts, eight line-out takes and eight tackles and a try as well. Boffelli had 59, Cancellieri 56, Marco Van Sarden 67 points with 16 carries and Roscoe Speckman 16, four, uh, 64 points with four line breaks was very good as well. That's it, a bit of spec magic coming back in the end there. Um, yeah, it was, yeah, was good. What I love about Petty, and Petty was picked very early in our draft as the standout uh, lock for 2020, um, was that when he got the ball in space, he always looks like uh, he's positive that he's going to make it to the line. Like, he doesn't doubt himself at all. He's like, I'm faster than everyone on the field. I'm going to make it. You know what I mean? He just has the conviction. I love that about him. And he's only 25. He's so good. Mm, absolutely. Um, all right. Well, that concludes our entree. So that was tasty. It's time to get stuck into the main course, round six of Super Rugby 2020. Um, the, buy is by, uh, the buy is the Stormers this week. So only a one-team buy, so a nice seven games to watch this weekend. Um, and the first fixture, we have the Sunwolves and the Brumbies. So uh, essentially for this one, returning, we'll have Falau for Inga coming back from a toe injury. What is with the toe injuries um, these days? Uh, Darcy Swain should be returning. I saw him play for the Brumbies runners last week, um, and he looks good. Uh, Tom Wright, so he was rested Uh not last week, it was the Brumbies buy, but the week before against the Chiefs, uh, against the Brumbies clinic against the Chiefs, he was rested. Um, but uh, it'll be interesting to see if he just slots straight back in now that Tony Pulu is back in, in the works. Um, and for the Sunwolves, Chris Eaves and Ben Teo were rested from, I don't know, their work rate or their holiday or whatever is going on. So um, probably we'll see them both back in there. Now, um, interesting... In fact, so the Sunwolves' next two home games will be played in Australia. So because of uh, Corona time, they uh, yep. their home games have been cancelled. Um, and good on them just kind of quickly organising um, this, getting ahead of it. And, um, yeah. yeah, the next – we're not sure where the second game is yet, but the next one this week will be um, in Wollongong. Um, it'll be a back-to-back. Second one's in Sunwolf, I think. Oh, right. Sorry, we do know. Okay. Um yeah, so this week it'll be back-to-back Waratahs and the Chiefs and Brumbies and Sunwolves down at Wynn Stadium in Wollongong. So, big weekend for, for Wollongong. Um, Surprising how right. quickly and efficiently they organised that, to be honest. They were all over that pretty quickly. That's the true, Japanese, mate. If it were, they, they get shit done. Yeah, Japanese efficiency. Yeah, love it. I was going to say, even though that's in New South Wales, we can say fact, we, we know for a fact that New South Wales rugby had nothing to do with it because, uh, yeah. as we've said many times, <laughs> they're not there. So, um, you know. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Um, anyway, for this game, uh, I can't, apart from, yeah, Chris Evans, Ben Teo coming back in. Perhaps we'll see Garth April rotated back into 10. Um, I liked Jumpy Ogura, but um, I think Garth certainly offered a bit more. Um Lock Ben Ben Hine and flanker Brendan O'Connor um, and scrum half Takahiro Kimura uh, in the picture. So they're there on tour. Um, Harry, yes, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, well, so first of all, Brendan O'Connor is a good flanker. He's a weapon, and I, I really like the look of him, much in the mould of uh, Mitch Jacobson. And they keep calling Ben Hine a lock. He's he's just not. He's an he's a yeah. loose loose forward. He played number eight for the Brumbies. Um, yes. He, I think it's because he's not a particularly 
big. Like he's he's very tall, but unless he's I don't know been eating uh, the beefcakes, he was never particularly a huge bloke. And some of them have locks. Well, yeah, you just, true. You just break um, out. All right. Have you got me again? Am I yep. back? Yeah, you're, you're yeah. good. You're good. Yeah. Excellent. All right. Well, look, we won't, I won't spend too long. It's a simple equation. Same story as last week with the Hurricanes. Pick up any and every Brumby you can get your hands on. Um, can't see much changing here. In the form the Brumbies were in against the Chiefs, I mean, they put on a clinic against the Chiefs. They've just come off a rest week. I think they're going to go to town. Ten tries might be just the beginning of it. So, um, yeah, lots of <clears throat> lots of points to be had in that one. Um, and... Uh, yeah, I guess for the Brumbies, the only points, maybe we'll see some back row prota- uh, rotation. rotation, rotation. Um, they've been pretty consistent in their first five rounds with uh, Valentini, uh, Samu, and uh, Cusack, where he's been available. So, you know, perhaps we'll see McCaffrey slot in. Nabon would love that. He's been sitting him on his bench. Uh, will Miller and um, Jerome Brown, maybe we'll see them get a bit of a crack. Um, and even if we do, I think they're still going to score really well. So, if you, need a one week, if you need a one-week, if you need a one-week uh, pickup, look for that. Uh, I mentioned Tony Pulu. Is he back in the mix? Look, I think it'd be hard not to start Tom Wright. The way he was been playing has been probably the best outside back for them. Uh, I'm pretty happy to say. Like, I don't know if you guys will contest that, but Tom, was... Tom Banks as well has been solid. Yeah, they've so, all been pretty good. Yeah. And Carter plays a very different role. Carter, yeah, they're all good. True. And uh, with Tony Pulu back in the mix, will we see Carter used in any other capacity? You know, we've we've talked about perhaps in the 12 jersey, but I don't, I don't think so because they don't need to have both Carter and Kurandrani just solidly charging up in the midfield. I think Simone offers just a little bit more. So I think yeah. that they're going to use Carter um, just on the wing or if they don't have Kurandrani, perhaps he slots in there. So um, as Harry's called the choo-choo hat-trick. So Kurandrani's been relatively quiet. He did score 40-odd points against the Chiefs. He did get back in the mix. But um, this could be the game. The uh, you know they've been, He's been running all the dummy lines the first four weeks. This could be it. And even though he's not on my team, I want to see the choo-choo come back as well. So, yeah. Harry, are you excited for that? <laughs> All right. Uh, that'll do that game. So, Harry, why don't you take us away with the Crusaders and the Reds? Yep, absolutely. So, Crusaders, there is an article that came out today basically saying that Scott Barrett, Billy Harmon, Quinton Strange, and Oli Yaga, all Jaeger? Ye- I don't know. Uh, yep. all trained fully on Monday without any kind of restrictions at all. So Scott Barrett back from his MCL, I, I almost guarantee will start this week. Whereas Billy Harmon, I mean, he's obviously competing with Tom Christie for that starting role. He was the favourite for the jersey. So it will be really cool to see how they manage that situation. And I'm really excited to see Billy Harmon play. Personally, I think he's, he's a, a big talent. Um, Quinton Strange played, I think, the first five or six games in a row last year. Um, before I, I think it was rest. I think they just rotated him out of the squad because of the fact that he was so young, but he's a really quality player and just rock solid at his core role. So, and, and you know, there's, there has been an obvious shortage in the second row in the last few weeks with uh, so many injuries. And one of those players that's really put on size, he's really filled out his frame. So he was a bit young before and just kind of not quite there, but he's done the work in the gym now. He's, he's good to go. Yeah, and I mean... Anyone in the Crusaders uh, factory for 12 months, you know they're just going to come out a completely different player as well. That's uh, it. And, and like we said, Oliaga coming back from his concussion. Mikey Alatoa I got a run there to start. I actually thought Mike would be the starting prop for the entire year at Tighthead. 
But uh, Ollie seems to be the first choice, so it wouldn't surprise me if he goes straight back into the starting side. Mm-hmm. Um, look, I, I I was thinking I've, I've got a few points to talk on, but the big one for me is Cody Taylor will be easily the top hooker of the week and quite possibly the top fantasy player of the week. I don't care that the Brumbies are playing the Summers. The red roll all defence is so atrocious and the forward pack for the Crusaders are so good in that area. We know they haven't conceded a rolling mall since 2018, I think it was, or 2017, something outrageous I remember them talking about in the finals last year. So two tries for him. Uh, and you potentially think Cody Taylor's going to score tries, mate? It's not usually the... Um... The Crusaders don't usually like having Cody at the back. They usually yeah, Tom, get one Tom of the Christie flankers at seven. Harman. Tom Christie or Billy Harmon could, but at the same time, they haven't been with the side for long enough to be comfortable in that role, so it wouldn't surprise me if it's Cody. You heard it there. Yeah, yeah. Right, uh, yeah. I, I'm not complaining as a Cody Taylor owner, but um, yeah, I just know, obviously, I, I keep a close eye on it and just they're, they're rolling, they're, the rolling mall structures are a little bit different to other teams where they're too... Is you know Cody's usually not at the back for those setups, so we'll see anyway. Yep. Uh, shit on my tip. Thanks. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I own Cody Taylor, so I know I'm watching it. Yeah. All right. All right. Uh, yeah. So the Crusaders forward pack, I don't think they're quite as polished as the last few years, and I think if the Reds are going to have any chance in this one, that's really where they have to step up. The Reds were very disappointed. We mentioned, but disappointing. We mentioned last week against the Sharks. If they can play more like they did in the first half against the Jaguares or like the Globetrotters they were against the Sunwolves, then they really could push the Crusaders. But I would think short of that, especially with all the Crusaders forwards coming back, this could be a big score. Uh, I don't think the Reds quite have the composure when they're under the pump like some of the more senior teams. Uh, so my, my tip would be the Crusaders to kind of run away with it a little bit. And what's the what's the the games in Christchurch? So what's what's the record? How many games in a in a row have they won in Christchurch now? It's like thirty. Uh, not, <laughs> like, no, I don't know. Not one, not one. Last year they drew with the Sharks. They haven't lost for four games. That's it. It's lost. all about how you frame it. Marketing one hundred and one. That's right. That's right. Um, the All Blacks consecutive games. Uh, I think they're they're allowed to play five games at most. So that's obviously all restarted for the Crusaders coming off their bye. This is now a five week block. Then they have another bye. And then they have a seven-game run home. So of the 12 games, a block of five and a block of seven, they play the Sunwolves next week. So my call is that they all play against the Reds this week. Most of them get rested against the Sunwolves next week. And then somewhere in that seven-week block, we know that they're going to have to get rested as well somewhere in the middle of that. So I think it's fair to say we should see a pretty complete lineup from them this week. Um, There's still some question marks over... David Havili, uh, we haven't heard anything about him. Fetu Douglas as well, we heard wouldn't be out for many weeks. I'm kind of expecting Fetu Douglas to play, but they didn't mention him in the players coming back this week. And no mention of David Havili. Maybe they didn't mention him because he, because he played the last game. But, you know, we did mention I, that the way he was limping, it could have been a pretty serious knee injury as well. So watch that space. Will Jordan won't play. He's the one for sure that uh, is still recovering from his groin injury. So if Havili's out, my thinking is George Bridge goes to fullback. And then you probably get Fanger Anuku onto the wing. You guys agree with that? I think that's a pretty yeah. fair assessment. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, or Matteelli. I was going to say, where is Matteelli, by the way? That absolute gun that gave Reese this absolute position. Where he's, is Matteelli? He's, 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 he's fit. Sebu Reese cursing his name. Far out. Far that's out. It. And, 
And yeah, if you if you're questioning whether or not uh, you should pick up, um, if you have a chance of getting Leicester flying a Nuku uh, if he's playing this week or a Brumby's outside back, I would pick Le- Leicester flying a Nuku because as Harry just said, he's probably playing next week against the Sunwolves as well. So he's a two weeker, um, which Ooh, is a pretty yeah. good shout. <laughs> yeah. Not a bad pick at all, Craigs. Uh, on on the flip side of the the game here, the Reds. James O'Connor injured his ankle. Uh, I, I didn't sound like it's too severe, but there's not a lot of reports out there. If he doesn't play, I'm expecting Isaac Lucas to slot straight in at ten. But Brad Thorne has said that he doesn't that he wants to protect him at the moment as well. So I think if he's going to do that, they would put Bryce Hegarty back to fifteen. Uh, and then push Jock Campbell probably back to the wing. The other reason to do that is Jock Campbell's kicking is junk, and we know that Bryce Hegarty can kick goals as well. So I think that that combination probably works best for them if James O'Connor can't play. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, last comment, uh, bring back Fetu Douglas so he can score those rolling mall tries. That, uh, <laughs> I think we differed on on, on Wetu's um, return. I think you thought it was much sooner. I, I thought it was. I saw six to eight weeks or something at some point, but they said not many weeks in their in the interview. Is this an article that you wrote yourself, or is this mm-hmm. um, you know <laughs> written by Harrison Dale? Fake in news by Harrison Dale. I was going for Inception, yeah. Who have you been trying to trade him with, mate? (laughs) (laughs) All right, Nabung, do you want to take us on to the Tars and the Chiefs, the Chefs? Yeah, well, um, I think there's going to be a few fantasy points in this one. Um, Obviously, the Chiefs coming off the bye um, and a loss before that as well. Obviously, the Brumbies, they got some hard time to think about it. But um, they rested in that game or returning is Solomon Alamalor. Uh, as well as Tyler Ardron and Brad Webber. So these guys are fresh. They're ready to rumble. Tyler Ardron's Instagram, did you guys see that? He's just there fishing, enjoying all the beauty and the natural uh, beauty of New Zealand. So he looks like he's having a, a grand old time there in, in NZ. Tough gig. Yeah, yeah. Um, we, obviously, we'll, we'll just go, go through what's, what's happening with the Chiefs at the moment. Um, our concern has always been uh, the Quintapia versus Alex Nankerville, and we're still always still arguing, and it comes up in our group chat, bloody what is it every week? Um, what do we think about that? Is it what Nankerville twelve ALB thirteen, or what do we what do we reckon? So that's that's what they ran last time against the Brumbies. It was yeah. Nankerville at twelve and ALB at thirteen. I personally think that's their best combination. Now, don't so get me wrong, Quintapia. Winterbuyer has looked incredible, but um, I, I have to say, from a bit of experience, like from having more experience, that's their best combo for mine. And and Quintapia has leaked a lot of tries for all his positives as well. So I think if they're looking yeah. for solid combinations, he's probably your impact man off the bench. But I don't think he's as solid. Yeah, right. Yeah, no, I, I probably agree with that. Obviously, the pecking order last year had Nankerville up there coming off the bench, so. Yeah, obviously new coach can change a few things, but I, I still think that their best combo is Nankerville and ALB, twelve That's and thirteen. We haven't I haven't even mentioned Tamu Amanu this year. He was starting almost all year last year, so um, yeah, you're well, absolutely exactly right. On. New coach yeah. can change stuff. Exactly right. Um, next thing that we talk about, obviously Luke Jacobson has is injured, um, so there's going to be a bit of a change to the back row from the last time that they played. Um, against the Brums, I, I presume uh, Sam Kane will slot in, um, and Boshier as well. Who, what, he suffered concussion, did he? And then another injury after that, or a hamstring, or a toe. 
can't every, everyone has a bloody toe injury nowadays. So, um, what do we think the 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 back row will um, will comprise of? Kane at eight or Billy yeah, Duff at eight? Just quickly, Luke Jacobson's the same as Mark, not winging it to Wazi. Uh, neural hamstring, so it's, it's his actually back. Generally, like I said, a week out and they're back, um, but they're calling three or four weeks or something crazy. So I actually reckon you should ignore them and keep him close to your chest and sit on him for a couple of weeks if you can. Sam Kane, both share to start, absolutely. They favoured um, Mitch Carpick as the man to fill that combination. Uh, I would have loved it to be Peter Gus, but I think it'll be Carpick. Oh, really? Yeah, right. Okay. And the, the only other, I'll, I'll put in as a smoky, I don't think it'll happen, but the only other combo I could see is perhaps um, Mitch Brown slotting in at six just because they now have Michael Allardyce um, back fully fit. So they could run Allardyce and Ardron in, in the row. And then yeah. if they want another line-out jumper, Mitch Brown um, in at six with Kane and um, uh, Boshi. Fair enough. Um, and now for the Tars, obviously um, Tom Robertson is a, a big see you later with Angus Bell's performance after last week. Um, so what Angus Bell's going to be? Yeah, he's, he's, he's old man's the uh, he's, he's a scrum coach. Like, come on, mate. As, as if he's not going to start. He says he's not going. He doesn't have any say, but it's Angus Bell. Come on, mate. Um, yeah, that's it. He's, he says he renounces himself from selection. <laughs> but, yeah, um, yeah, like I'll, he just I'll he just yeah. he just stands at the door, just staring in there ominously, just like hmm? <laughs> yeah. Carl, uh, you had you had a big call on him as a prop and where he might sit this year, didn't you, Angus Bell? Uh, oh, I did. Well, I, that's thank you, Harry, for prompting me. Um, yeah, I think Angus Bell, if he if he keeps playing that way, he could well uh, find himself up the top of the averages. I just the reason I say that is because um, we've significantly rewarded props for their running game because that's often undervalued. Props make uh, don't make very many carries, but they make the hard carries, the hard-earned meters, just those little trucking it up, and um, and that's always very valuable. But I there's not many props with the running game of Angus Bell. Perhaps an Alex Fidow as well, coming off the bench of the Canes, but. The way that he was running the ball, uh, with the, the the pace that he showed, just like unreal. So I think we could see him, uh, you know, really fine working his way back up there. Particularly now that we think he'll be starting every week, he, he could be the top prop of 2020. You heard it here first. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me to be honest. Definitely could happen. Um, the hooker, obviously, I think Abel has definitely cemented his position over Fitzpatrick. Fitzpatrick, he was so promising last year. He wanted to go for the Wallabies, but obviously Abel has kind of taken that position. That's it. Um, Fitzpatrick, we've talked 41-point average last year, just started every game, nailed his, his line-outs, made a lot of tackles. Um, the reason I said I put in the notes his, his Wallaby aspirations is because... Uh, he wanted to play yeah. for the Wallabies? Yes. <laughs> Happy Fitzpatrick was. Yeah. No, no, about how about how happy Fitzpatrick was that with new coach Dave Rennie, it was a clean slate. This saw it as his chance to make it, you know. Um, yeah. And it's just, and like, just like, sorry, champ, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's it. Um, the back row, obviously, for the Tars, Swinton, Hooper, and Dempsey, it actually looked pretty decent. I like to look at Swinton. Actually, he uh, has a bit of physicality about him. Yeah, he was definitely enjoyable to watch. Um, besides his yellow cards, but. Uh, yeah, no, he was. Uh, he put in a few good hits, and 
he put everyone on their ass, which was good to see. Good to see that from a, an Australian number six for once. Um, Newsom looked good at 13. Obviously, a lot better than he is on the wing. Um, and we're going to see Maddox. Uh, he's going to be playing there for the next few games. We always, obviously, he's uh, has aspirations to play in the sevens. Um, he's crossed off Vancouver, which is what the seventh to the ninth of March. He's not no, going I've just to said, that. Yeah, he won't be going to that because that's this yeah. week. But um, yeah, I mean, look, who even knows? There, there, there might not even be an Olympics now because of the bloody Corona time. But um, but if yeah, he wants to true. go. He's probably got to go to these next two seven comps, which are on the 23rd, 24th of May and and the 30th and 31st of May. Yeah, exactly right. Um, This game, I don't know. We'll see how the Waratahs bounce back. I I think the Chiefs will leave them in the dust, to be honest. But um, I I think there will be a lot of fantasy fantasy points, especially if it's dry. That's it. I think it'll be about which Waratahs turn up, right? You know? Yeah. Not, not the Waratahs yeah. of rounds one to four. If, if they can bring the Waratahs around five, then we'll have a game in our hands. Harry, what are you yeah, doing? Uh, yeah, look, I think it's going to be one-way traffic. Yeah. No, <laughs> I think no, the Tars, no, they, no, they're just an up and down. Yeah, it's so volatile, I, I, the Waratahs. I wish the Tars. I wish the Tars. But I, I also agree. I think the Chiefs will come back with vengeance, with a vengeance, you know. Um, they just lost to an Aussie team and they won't be happy. Yeah. Let's kick on, shall we? Mm-hmm. All right. Let's the Hurricanes it. versus the Blues. Now, Windy Wellington is always a bit of a battle to work out what the weather's going to be like. I can tell you as of Monday night, it is, uh, it's meant to be 20 and sunny. So that doesn't sound like Wellington. So my expectation is it's going to completely change and this will be irrelevant. But if not, it looks like absolute perfect weather for footy and what better game to watch than the Hurricanes versus the Blues in the sunshine. So hopefully they get to throw it around a lot. Returning, you've got Finlay Christie from a neck injury. He's been sitting aside, biding his time. He was our favourite choice for the uh, the Blues number nine jersey, given his speed of delivery. You've got Gerard Kelly Tuioti who has a shoulder injury uh, and hopefully is due back for the Blues this week as well, was our choice at starting lock as well over, I think it was Jared Page, wasn't it? That was at lock last week. Um, Alex Hodgman as well from his calf injury. The prop could be back, although there wasn't a strict time frame on that, so it could be this week, could be in the next week or two. And then you also had Josh Goodhue back with his ankle injury as well. Um, it should be available, another good option at lock. Dane Coles, Wes Hoyson, and Geordie Barrett were all rested last week against the Sunwolves. So there's some big artillery coming back for both sides. Um, my first advice is sell Otero Black now. Preferably don't wait until the lineups come out because he's starting to play good footy. It looks like he's established himself as the first choice, number 10. But as we mentioned before, Bodie Barrett is around the corner. He was originally aiming for round eight, and then it was said to be seven. Then it was said to be he's targeting the Hurricanes game, which is this week. So can you imagine if Bowden Barrett comes back? A Terra Black stocks are going to absolutely plummet. Sell, sell, sell is definitely my advice. Um, see which naive person you can get a trade for. Kagi, you're special at that one. Go for the uh, the rookies is normally your tactic, isn't it? It is, as long as they don't listen to this podcast, So, because uh, you just give away all my strategies. But um, oh, we'll, have to, just, we'll, test, just, we'll test it out this week. That, that's very rich coming from you as well, Harry. Oh, that's, uh, that's, just, that's just chucking it right out there. 
Turn it up, turn it up. I would never. <laughs> uh, look, the, the Blues could be jet-lagged from flying home from South Africa, but, geez, their confidence must be sky high. Uh, the big uh-huh. question for me is, if they're going to be jet-lagged and exhausted from this big trip, do they rotate their team back around again to try and save their legs a little bit? I don't, I don't think there's a right answer on this one, but I tend to think that the, the Blues coaches don't mind rotating them around to try and keep competition high. If that is the case, then maybe you see Papali'i start, like Gibson start, maybe even the forgotten man, Akira Yuane. I would say... Please. If he doesn't start this week, I think he's done. I would sell him. I said I'd trade him last week while you can. But if he starts one week, let's be honest, no Akira Yuani owner is going to trade him from that point. So it's got to be this week. If he doesn't start, get rid of him. Uh, hopefully, I mean, argue for you, Matty does. If he's, I told you, if he's on the bench, I'm playing him. An Akira off the bench is the same as a normal fantasy back row as far as I'm concerned anyway. Dreaming. Uh, Kirk Eklund got 58 points last round. You know, he was the fantasy man of the match for his game. And he may get some time, good time for this season now with uh, James Parsons' injury looking pretty severe. They didn't actually release what what the end result of his scans were and what they're doing with his shoulder just yet. But uh, Kirk Eklund, 58 points. You can't scoff at that. That's pretty solid. And a lot of that was work rate as well. So not a bad option as a maybe a second-choice hooker in your team at this stage. Mentioned the halfback battle, Finlay Christie, Sam Nock, Jonathan Ruru, all pushing for game time. I don't think any of them are going to be good fantasy options because of that. My tip is Finlay Christie because of that speed of delivery. You guys, any any different thoughts? Yeah, no, with Finlay Christie, I think you can't go past the combination with Bowden Barrett. I mean, they've both been at the Hurricanes for years. They've trained together. Um, that's not a small, you know, small th- thing to gloss over. So I think um, apart from his speed of delivery, that's certainly a factor to weigh in. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you've also got uh, the Hurricanes just looking rock solid. They had that round one flop where they were really disappointing. And then since then, their forwards have handled both the Haguardas and the Sharks, I think very surprisingly, considering the calibre of some of those teams. And their back line is firing despite the lack of quality options at number 10. We thought, you know, that could really hurt them. But uh, the only way that the Hurricanes could compete is if Fletcher Smith or Jackson Garden Bashup really excelled. Let's be honest, they've both been pretty rubbish, and it hasn't really stopped the Hurricanes. They look really good. Their forward pack have picked up a step. Kagi's cheering that Vea Fafita looks pretty solid because he thinks he's God's gift to number sixes. But um, is that am I taking that out but, of context? <laughs> no, that's mate. It's you know I love a lock who plays back row, and um, Fafita's just he's a weapon, mate. He's he was in the All Blacks for a reason. He's an absolute gun, and he showed it this week. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. I, I, I don't know but if I agree, but uh, not not a bad shout, not a bad player. Uh, Fletcher Smith will retain the jersey with Garden Bashup's hand, hand injury, you would think. So uh, most likely going to get another chance. The only thing is, uh, do we see fantasy man of the round and score of the year so far, Vince Arso? Surely he's their option at 13. The man has been... We've said time and time again, just because he's, he's too good a utility, he's been left behind, but surely just put him in there. Man, I hope so. I really like watching him play. That's that's the honest opinion. I just I just really love him as a player. But you've got the best centre in the world's younger brother in the team brother, as well. exactly right. I was going to go there. Exactly right. Billy Proctor. So, I don't know. They, they preferred him to start the year. It wouldn't surprise me if he gets another run. They did completely rest him last week against the Sunwolves. So... I hope it doesn't happen, but uh, it definitely could. Just to be clear, I feel like, uh, although long-time listeners will get that, I feel like that joke might be lost on some people. But, uh, 
no, old Hurricanes coach uh, Chris Boyd, um, yeah, said Matt Mo- Matt Proctor is uh, God's gift to rugby, the best centre in the world, without doubt. Um, so yes, uh, anything else on this Ooh. one? Who, who do we see taking it out? I think. Oh, geez, I think the Canes, I think the Canes will. Blues Blues had a had a cracker game last week. Um, Travelling, I think they're going to struggle against the uh, the Canes. Are actually finding a bit of form. My my head says that, but my heart says the Blues. So I'll tip the Blues. It depends where the Bodie's playing. Whether he's actually decided to stop playing golf with his brother just for a laugh. I think that's because um, Harry has at least three or four blues, but um, I think this game's in the cake tin back at back in Wellington, and um, I'm going to back the Canes as well. So um, that's two two v one, I think. But uh, yes, all right, let's move on to the Rebels and the Lions. Can the Rebels of last week turn up again, similarly to the Waratahs, or will it be the normal Rebels um, returning in this one? Harry's uh, optimistically put in Luke Jones again, um, coming back from a back injury. The least amount of injury news on a player so far this year has got to have been on Luke Jones. Uh, what's what's your latest on that, Harry? Well, I, I did say that uh, if he missed last week, then I would lose all confidence because a back injury missing that many weeks is real trouble. So I guess I've lost all confidence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think I recall the word he'll definitely be back this week uh, being used oh. last, last, last week. The coaches, mate. Just listening to the coaches. <laughs> Um, and similarly, another question I'll ask, uh, another player I'll ask you about, Campbell Magnet. Have we got anything else on him? I think there was remarkably little news on him as well. He was just withdrawn last week, um, Tommy English slotting in. But um, he's someone we've all been really excited to watch play for years, and we thought now is the time he's going to get a chance with Reese Hodge out. Yeah, I don't know. Like, uh, I looked last week during the week to see what they said about him, but there's just nothing. And just doing a quick search now as well, nothing in the last week. So the Rebels just not very good with releasing that kind of information. Yep, very good. All right. So um, while we're talking about the Rebels, um, I think similar to the Tars, um, who we – you wouldn't expect either the Tars or Rebels to tinker with much after having such success last week, you know? Like, why why would you change anything up? So I think Lowrens uh, has been looking real good at halfback, um, that combination with – 100%. Matty Tamu has just looked – he's looked the goods at 10 for the Rebels. Without him, they're actually looking shambles, but – with that growing combination of Lauer and Tamur, they're actually putting, gaining a bit of momentum and a bit of go forward. Tamur's, it could be prospects for Wallaby 10. I know, right? I feel like um, Dave Vessels was kind of saying um, with Tamur out that they didn't really lose much with Deegan. I thought that was a bit of a, a bit, a bit harsh on Tamur, but um, no, he looks really good. Yeah, he hasn't been, hasn't set the fantasy world on fire, unfortunately, Tamur, but, um, and I never think he will, but no, he looked really good. And I think Lauren's really compliments him very well. So, as excited as we've all been for Frank Lamani, I think Lawrence is probably here to stay for a bit, um, unless Lamani has some exceptional performances off the bench. Um, yeah, I think the, in the last two weeks... Yeah, sorry, just quickly, Frank Lamani's been getting less and less minutes as well. I think he came on in the 72nd or 74th minute last week, so they obviously like what they're saying from Lawrence as well. Mm, very good. Um, but I guess we can say definitely that Bobby Tuttle, actually, I think he's injured, but he's probably not seeing any time this year so at all. But, he's um, he's fit. He had the double Achilles rupture uh, two in a row, but um, he, I think he is fit again. Oh, I was going to say double Achilles. If he did both Achilles on both feet at the same time, that would be very unfortunate. But, uh, <laughs> um, 
No, all right. Anyway, the last two weeks, Rebels really ramped up their line speed. So um, I, I think to expect to see the same thing, really ramp that pressure up on Elton Yarchis. Um, yeah, it's just really worked for them. So they kind of took it straight out of the book of um, who was doing the Sharks and some other teams. Um, so I think uh, Jami Ulengo, last week he went looking for the ball um, in tight, but no other backs uh, can really release the pressure valve. So I think um, I think Yarchis is going to struggle if they keep that, the Rebels keep that up. Um, and Yulengo slow on the wing, to be honest, as well. He doesn't look great. Yeah, I really like him. He's a bit oh, old. Just, I thought he was solid. No, no, he was okay. He did a job. I just don't... I remember Yumba back in, you know, was it two, three years ago? He actually had fast feet. He was electric. He looked quite good. He just looks a touch slow, to be honest. Mm. That's that's yes. my feeling. That's my feeling with Yumba. Not very good. First, um, first, game, but, first game back too, so. Uh, he's 28 as well, mate. If he was in New Zealand, he'd be out to pasture. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's it. Um, and similarly, the player we are excited about, Tyrone Green. Um, he, whilst he was the only one who got any fantasy points for the Lions last week, I think um, I think we'll probably see, unless he goes starts going looking for the ball, like we're not going to see massive performance from him either. So um, he's really got to... He'll go roaming, I think. He's got to get off that wing and go just find it himself because he's the only one really creating, you know, awesome stuff. Um, it's, it's hard for him to get a lot of ball if the Reds are pressing up like that as well, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's true. Definitely. Um, the Lions' D last week was rubbish against the Tars, 69% tackling. Uh, Rebels coming in some good form. The Rebels have always been able to break the line. It's just been finishing. So, um yeah, if if they, as we said, if they keep playing the way they did last week, then um, yeah, they're up against the defence optional line. So, sh- hope they should be able to convert those into points. Um, uh, what else have we got back on the Lions? Uh, we'll talk about it in our desserts. A bit of a spoiler, but um, Ma- Manuel Ras versus Vandasile Similani um, could go on about it for days. But like, what the hell has Similani done? Who's he pissed off? But look, we'll get into that in the. That's a list. We have a listener question about that, so I'll save it for dessert. Um, and yeah, Shutuka has an injury, so, um, will Willem Albert start? I, I hope he does. I'm excited to see Dylan. Uh, I don't care how old he is. He's just a fan favorite for so many people. He's just a meat axe. Oh, absolutely. Did you see that? There was a quick line after the Tars. They threw it like 20 meters in. Dempsey kind of caught it, just staring up in the sky over the pool and Albert's lined him up <laughs> as him. soon as an absolutely detective. I love that. But, um, it was, and it was one of yeah. the ones, even, even the players around Albert was like, whoa, yeah, boy. And Albert was like, yeah, that is, I do this on a regular basis. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, all right, and last point is the Tars of Arsens are looking to Ruben Skuman's eye gouge on Rob Simmons. Um, hopefully they ban um, Rob Simmons for it instead of Skuman. But um, no, if Skuman... <laughs> If Skuman gets banned, then it will just see Wilhelm van der Sries come in. Um, and he's a, he's a pretty good young uh, second rower, big prospect, um, got a high work rate and can score points. So if you're in need of a lock, he's not. you, you can do worse than him. But um, how do we see this game going? Uh, I don't know. To be honest, I don't think the Lions, like, the, the, how, how terribly they played last week. Like, I know the Tars played really, really well, but... I think the Rebels could do this back at home and with a bit of confidence. Um, I don't know. What do you always think? Yeah. Uh, oh, I reckon I the Rebels, Rebels will get up. Rebels are starting to look like they're getting a bit more composed, so I'll tip them. 
for, for me, it was very simple. It was, if this game was in South Africa, I'd back the Lions since it's in Australia. Not that that's ever really made much. It doesn't make a difference for us. It just makes a difference for the South African teams touring here. So I'm back in the Rebels. Um, all right, let's move on. Nabung, Sharks and Haguaris, please. Beautiful. Uh, returning, we have Alamano from a pick tear, um, as well as uh, Mapimpi, who's just obviously having a, a spring box break. Um, and Cozy, he's, what he, did his, he did his hammy. Um, he was marked for round one to come back as the earliest, but doubtful. No, no, I no. don't think. I, no, he got he got sorry. injured in round one, and then he flew, and then then we originally thought it was now, but he flew home and missed the whole tour. So now that yeah. the Sharks are back from tour, he's a chance to play this week. You would think, but yeah, they haven't confirmed but, it. Yeah, no, obviously Madosh from Pumbawe has been um he's in pre- been in pretty good form out the back there. So I don't know. I think maybe there'd be a chance to give him another rest. Um. James Venture as well, he, he can be coming back, but obviously with Harry's player, um, Dylan Richardson, he had a cracker game last week, so why not give him a shot? What do we think about that? Oh, man, I love it. Sounds like a great idea. <laughs> I, I, I think, I think uh, all, all that's important to point out is that James Venter and Dylan Richardson are very much the same type of player, um, with Notchy having locked down that number eight jersey We'll probably only see one of Venter or Richardson, of James Venter and Richardson, yeah. whereas the yeah. other side will either be Tyler Paul or Henko Venter because they're much bigger bodies. So mm. um, I've got no idea who we'll see, but Richardson played so well, I wouldn't be surprised if they give him another crack. There's a bit of Martin yeah. Schoolman about him, isn't there? <laughs> yeah, there is. That's it. Fair enough. Um, besides that, we can't really see the Sharks actually changing that much anyway. Um, to the Aguares, we have... Uh, Bruni playing well with Ortega Desio out, um, but what they had marks on Peter Monte getting a start, but what's well, uh, we, you come off yeah. the bench? Not on getting a start, just he's yeah. been hyped. I think we're just we're so excited from Paul Tate hyping him up. Um, as soon as anyone says the next Facundo Isa, then you know I'm uh, I'm all ears. But um, I actually haven't watched that game, so I, I'm probably only going to go watch. How whatever minutes Pedamonte came on, I'm going to watch from there to the end of the game <laughs> just to see how mm. he played. Harry, did you watch it? Uh, I saw the 30-minute version of this one. This is the only one I didn't see the full game of it. So, uh, yeah, I, I didn't see enough. Bruni, of him, mate, Bruni's, he, Bruni was good. He's, Bruni a, he's well. a big body. He's a big body, old Bruni. Mm. Um, 110 kegs, Bruni. Yeah, yeah, I actually had a look to see if someone had picked him up already, and obviously that was you, Craig, so I was like, I'll just leave that idea behind. I got burned by him last year. I picked him up thinking, oh, big body number eight, my type of player, but uh, he was absolute dog shit last year. So anyway, he's he's come off the back two good fantasy scores, two good performances. Um, Hopefully he continues it. Yeah, fair enough. Um, We also can't see that many changes. Obviously, Obviously, the Aguades is battling with a few injuries. Um, with Cravey, Kubeli, Escuda, Delgi, Ortega Desio, there's they've obviously got a bit of a casualty ward going on there. So, um, yeah, I, I, we don't think there's going to be that much change. Um, we'll, we'll get to the little bet that we have, Has. Do you want to explain it to the listeners? Yeah, well, you and I were arguing about how good Santiago Carreras was because I have him and you have Emiliano Boffelli. So we mm. made a bet uh, of who would have the highest average at the end of this, the uh, end of the year, right? So uh, I bet Santiago Carreras, obviously, and you bet Boffelli, and then Boffelli mm-hmm. went and scored two tries and 
didn't even look like he wanted to pass to Carrera. So you're definitely in the lead early, and I think it's a, a case of uh, a case of beer for the winner, wasn't it? It was, yeah. I made it to be honest. I think it's got to, got to do with whether you know if Carrera is starting at 15 and Buffelli's at 11, and I think Buffelli's got an absolute cracker shot at having at beating him because he just he just gets more points on the wing. Bottom line. And, and Nabung only drinks South African craft beer, Harry, so you're going to have to source that. I think it's about 150 bucks a case or something. Get it shipped over. So. <laughs> after after but, I bet you and you bought me a case of bloody Heineken, we've actually set <laughs> case of so. it. Yeah, we actually had to set the standard of what case it was, Craig. Yeah, yeah but I, that was great because I bought you I, I bought you a case of Heineken. Uh, clean my drains, mate. I've still been using them. I was going to say, I bought you a case of Heineken, and then I got to come drink them at your house. It worked perfectly for me, mate. You got to yeah. know how to how to lose. You got to know how to lose a bet like a like a good bloke. All right, let's kick on. Let's push. Uh, Go for it. Bulls it. Highlanders has. All right, Bulls Highlanders returning. Maybe Burger Dendal, El Capitano. Uh, is he the captain this week? This year? Please hold on. Yeah. Sorry, before we jump to that, what do we think? Is Sharks Aguares? Who's winning? That's we just finish on that. Aguares for me. They're in good form. Uh, I go sharks. I like the sharks. I'm gonna go the sharks as well at home. I just think the end of the tour, too Bulls. much have fallen off. Yeah. So, all right, Bulls Highlanders. Let's go. Bergera Dendal could be back. No confirmation just yet, though. But it didn't sound too severe with his ankle injury. Simafiwe Matanzima could be back as from his AC joint injury at the top of his shoulder. He's an exciting young player. Lewis van der Vestheisen as well could be back from his ankle, but I don't really think he's going to feature anyway, so why did I mention him? I don't know. Uh, Dwayne Vermeulen apparently signed for the Bulls this week or, or is very close to doing so, but hasn't actually been done. But he won't be back until June, which would mean that he could be back for the Super Rugby Finals. But let's be honest, uh, they're not going to be in the finals anyway, so it'll probably just be for the Curry Cup. Uh, Kagi, you reckon they actually said not for finals? I didn't say that. I saw. I'm pretty sure, that, I'm pretty sure they said the, the end of June. So the, I think they literally said he actually won't be back for Super Rugby regardless. It's just Curry Cup. Right. Okay. Either, either way, the Bulls won't be there at that point of the season anyway. Uh, we said Marco Van Sarden was massive. A couple of years ago, he's had a 35 average in 2017, similar to Beauchere and, and uh, McCaffrey back in his prime as well. He's just got a huge work rate. He's the kind of guy that could be a real solid second or third string loose forward for any team. Uh, if he is free in your league, I'll pick him up. Don't... 100%. I, I suggested him to Chris he has, and I regret doing that. <laughs> yeah, stop strengthening, would you? Um, yeah. Just uh, just don't don't pay the world for him. He's, he's good, but he's not amazing. Um, but definitely him, Strauss, and Rudolph are their best back row combo. Uh, which position they play, who cares? But uh, they're definitely the best combination. I think mainly for the Bulls at the moment, they're just confused about their identity. Watching them play on the weekend was definitely the best game I've watched, but it looks like Potts Human wants to play 10-man footy, but he just hasn't worked out yet that he has a pretty average forward pack and some fantastic outside backs. So to me, the defense, the Highlanders' defense has a lot more holes in it, uh, more holes than Swiss cheese, I believe, was... Uh, the analogy I was thinking of. But uh, I don't think the Bulls actually know how to hit those holes, especially on Human's game plan. Yeah, I agree. I think he's he's still playing as if he has RG Snyman and Lou Diaga in the locks, isn't he? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> um, but not the case. Yeah. Um, look, 
James Lynch has obviously gone for the season now. I think Dylan Hunt and Frizzell should be the open and blindside flanker, surely with that happening. Obviously, he's still got Ben Tiariki Nicholas, who got a run at six blindside flank the other day, but I, I don't think that's his long-term position anyway. So I'm expecting Hunt to start all year, and he's another open side flanker with just a big, big work rate. Probably similar points to Marco Van Staden as well. Good player now that he's a, a starter. Uh, good pickup. And Robbie Thompson, we said he was gone. We don't know why, but he will miss at least the two-week tour. So surely Tay Walden starts at 13, although they have brought Nani Punavai through as well. So another option there if they want that bigger body. I don't know that you could play Tay Walden outside of Joshuana and Mitch Hunt. It just becomes too much like for like and too too many small bodies, I think. Uh, the only other possibility would be Collins, who I, I really don't hope they go for this, but Collins has played centre a lot for the Mitre 10 Cup, so that is a possibility, but I reckon he probably won't. <laughs> I hope they, he won't. They, they have a lot of 10s and 15s and all of that kind of stuff in their squad. That's the only thing. Yeah. 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 The, the Highlanders are a possession team. Uh, they're really dangerous with the ball, but they seem a little bit confused without it. Their defensive policy definitely isn't nailed down yet. The Bulls are the opposite. They like to kick the ball away and play pressure. I think if the Highlanders can control their set piece, it will go a long way to controlling the game, and it will actually allow them the field position to score the points from their rock-solid attack. Um, but I'm, I'm not sure it will happen that way because I think the set piece will determine the game and the Highlanders' line-out is an absolute shambles. They came out today and said Parry Parry Parkinson and Josh Dixon both aren't going on the tour, so their top two locks still aren't playing. Selby Rickett maybe worth a punt. He was very good when he came on, short up their line-out, would be not a bad sneaky pickup, and uh, he's, he's pretty abrasive as well, so good work rate. Um Selby Rickett to try and rescue the line out so that the Highlanders can dominate the set piece and win the game. I think Bulls by 10 points. <laughs> well, I think I think the important point here is that neither of the team, the Bulls set piece hasn't been very good either. So it's kind of up for grabs here either way. It's going to be the battle yeah. of battle, race to the bottom, you know. Um, yeah. Kind of like Nelson's fantasy team. I just wanted to point out that Nelson, I think, has six or seven <laughs> Highlanders um, in his team. So that's why he finds himself at the bottom of, um, of our league. But um, no, I think you're right, Harry. Probably Bulls to take this out based on Mornay staying penalty goals, the sharpshooter from the sidelines. Um, I'm going to say Bulls take it close and there's not going to be very many penalty, uh, not very many fantasy points this game. Yeah. No, I think the Highlanders will take this one. Aaron Smith to uh, bark the orders and not shut up the whole time as per usual. I think they'll, they'll win it a close one. Excellent. All right. Well, um, with that, it's uh, that concludes our main course, and it is time for. What you gonna do with that dessert? And tonight's dessert brought to you again by Fifteen Gelato. That I am not eating. In fact, the last I've seen at Fifteen Gelato was in Blake the Weatherman's uh, freezer. There was five Not or six of them in there, Not and um, despite promises, uh, none have been delivered. So, um, yeah, so yeah, anyway, 15, yeah. Not brought to you, yeah. Not brought to you by 15 Gelato. Um, don't go check them out, and it's not healthy pr- uh, protein. <laughs> 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 um, the secret ingredient. Uh, all right, so. Sign <laughs> That's it. Um, all right, so tonight for dessert, we're doing listener questions again. So, 
Harry threw out again on Twitter yesterday, um, taking your questions for tonight's pod. And um, we enjoyed it last week. There were some good questions. And we've got a few again this week. So we were thinking of whether to kind of just throw them throughout our reviews and previews. But we already take way too long. You know, we have a formula. We try to stick to three minutes per game in the reviews and then just waffle on forever on the previews. But we think there's more value there. Um, but re- regardless, these questions were pretty good. We thought we'd just take them all, um, tackle them on uh, for dessert. So first question, um, at Alex North 94 on Twitter, um, a bold prediction segment could be cool. We're going, uh, basically wanted us to name players who are going to go do well this week or um, even more difficult, uh, hard mode, uh, players we're expecting an off week from. So um and he's also said he's given us a caveat that we can't just pick play, uh, players playing the Sun Wolves. So um, he's made it a little difficult. But Harry, uh, Harry mentioned it earlier in the week. Uh, sorry, earlier in the pod, um, you've got the solution to this one. Yeah, I think uh, big game Cody Taylor. I believe that he'll be at the back of some of these rolling malls and he might kill it against a Reds forward pack that has no idea how to defend them all. Very good. Nave, I'm going to put you on the spot, mate. What's your tip for either someone who's going to have an off week or someone who's going to have a massive game uh, that isn't Cody Taylor or playing the Sunwolf? Yeah, I think um, those Reds backs, outside backs that usually score pretty well, Jock Campbell, uh, CFS, those kinds of guys. The Crusaders' defence is just going to shut them down, so I don't think they're going to score too many points. Good call. Excellent. All right. Um, Oh, all right. Well, I'm going to go with um, what Harry's just written in. I haven't thought about it, but uh, it's late. Hoskins to 2-2 to have an off week um, because he just knows. Now that he's back in New Zealand, it's getting real. He knows Akira's there, coming for him. Akira's probably, like, you know, putting hits on him in training this week. He's just, you know, he's terrified. He's going to be rattled. He's going to have an off week if he's starting, and Akira's going to come in for a good 35-minute stint there in the second half. I hope this isn't wishful thinking, but um, alas... uh, all right, let's get on to question number two from at Roy Robertson one two three. What a Twitter name that is! That's a that's a handle right there. Um, he's Roy's given us greedy. three questions. Yeah, it's Sorry. He's been very exactly. But we're gonna we'll just pump him out. All right, is Marky Mark gonna be worth keeping around, or will these injuries hamper him? Harry, go. Uh, yeah, hundred percent. He's worth keeping around. He's definitely the best outside back for the Waratahs, and I don't think any of these injuries have been bad enough to worry him. So I don't think it'll make a difference. He'll be good. Excellent. I back that. Nabung, your thoughts? Yeah, I'm probably the same as has, but I'm a little bit worried just about, obviously, the Wallabies tend to play these younger blokes probably too much. I think um, they need, need to rotate him a little bit more than actually what they're, what they're doing. He does play well, right. though. Don't forget. I, 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 I know, I know, but I don't know. We, I, I feel like the Aussies are really good at rushing the young blokes without, you know, body hardening them and properly becoming a man, you know what I mean? Rico right, Peak two, is 20 years old. That's Rico Yuani. <laughs> All right. Nabung's going to um, he's going to officially take the memo of quick answers with rapid fire section right here. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. we're not going to the Wallabies. But um, thank you. All right, getting on to the next question. Can we finally get over Josh Mackay? I want it to be good, but I just miss Matt Fadders. So I think we all miss Matt Fadders, the white Fijine, um, uh, yeah. what they called him. Um, Look, I'll take this one. Uh, I think Mackay's just warming up, but um, then again, that's because I really dislike Collins and I'm a biased Mackay owner. Um, just could go back to the easy, the fullback. Top try scorer might attend cup. Guy can score tries. One of the quickest on the field at all times. If the Highlanders just get him the ball and a little bit of space, I think um, he's just 
he's waiting to light it up. Yep. Um, I think he's screwed. I think get rid of him. I think Jonah Narecki has taken the quick wing spot. And I, I didn't see it coming at the start of the season, but Narecki's just been way too good. And let's be honest, Sarah Tompkinson is the big body there, one on the other wing. So he's out for one more week with a band and he'll be back. See you later, McKay. Number 23. Sure. I just want to see McKay play fullback, to be fair with you. I think that's his position. Um, but I would love yeah. him to. It won't happen. Anyway, rapid fire. Let's move on. Nabung, this one's for you. Reds line out. What the F is going on? How can nine foot tall Harry Hawkins not catch the ball? I agree, but yeah, Nabung, thoughts on that? Oh, I just, I, I don't understand why their, their line out is actually so poor. Obviously, uh, Murphy's been, he's been there for around the system for obviously last year, his first choice of the last year as well. So maybe they chose BPA over him. I don't know. But um, it's not going so well this year, is it? No, it's not. Harry, your thoughts? Particularly bad last week, the line out, because Lukan Salakai Loto didn't start, so they lost a jumper. So I think he'll shore them back up. And let's be honest, for Harry Hawkins, he's a young man and they spend a lot of their time in the gym. You don't catch balls in the gym, so he needs to get back out in the park. I agree. You took the words out of my mouth. I think with without Lukan, that was a, that had a massive impact on it. Um, all right, question three at Mitch Evans, 94, often one of the first to respond to us on Twitter, probably the first to post a question so far. Um, he said, other than just going off the best eight averages or total scores, what would be the first eight players drafted in uh, in order if the draft started today? Um, Harry, why don't you just smash this question out quick fire? Yeah, well, I, I thought the ones that aren't going to change, they're still at the top, is DMAC. Maybe Severis, not number one pick, but still in the top five or six for sure. I think David Avili's pushed right up there at the moment with the form he's shown. Uh, Issy Nasarani, I think, will still be up there as a rock-solid loose forward option. Falafa Inga as well. You know, the, the, the common names, I don't think they changed a lot in the first five weeks of the competition. Uh, I, I thought the big drops have to be Will Jordan and Akira Ioane. Jordan, because he hasn't had, he hasn't gotten the game time we hoped he would, and when he has, he wasn't as good either. Um, and uh, Akira Ioane because we don't know where he is and what he's doing. Uh, finally, the, the guys to climb up. I think Hoskins Tutu could well be that sneaky eighth pick. Lachlan Bosha, now that we know that he's probably going to start pretty much all year long, I think he's a very good pickup. And Mark Talea, the Blues winger, mate, he runs sideways and palms people off like he's got himself as captain of his own fantasy team. So I think he's jumped up a long way as well. I agree, and I think Richie Moang is still up there in the top, even though he hasn't uh, set the, the wheels on fire so far. I think he'd find himself in the top eight um, easily. <laughs> Very good. All right, question four at Super Bippo, uh, or Super B Pippo, rather. Let's get it correct, um, or I hope it's typed in here correct. I don't know. Uh, is Hunter Paisami the real deal? Or, um, question one, and will the Reds' back line drop without JOC at 10? Um I'll say I think Basami is the real deal. Um, I've just liked what I've seen from him. Um, you can't light it up absolutely every week. Uh, and, yeah, they were playing a very class Sharks back line um, that we said they were going to have real trouble with. Um, but, no, just just from the lines that he runs uh, and how and how hard he, he hits, um, I think he's, he's going to continue to have good scores all year. Everyone else's thoughts? Yeah, he's good. He's very good. I think, um, in general, the truth is probably somewhere in the middle of what most people think. So I think his average will come down a little bit. He was obviously a bit more quiet last week, but he's a solid player for a rookie. 
Um, but yeah, probably not as good as he, he is right now. Very good. And part two was James O'Connor. I think regardless if he's playing 10 or anywhere else in the field, he will be sorely missed. Um, I just think he's kind of that leader on the field. Um, and he's playmaking from everywhere. But uh, Harry, you don't agree with me on that? Well, no, the question was, will the Reds' back line drop without him? I don't think he creates points for the rest of his team. I think Isaac Lucas attacks the line in a very similar way. So I, I think actually the other players in the back line will probably score similar points with or without James O'Connor. But is the team better for James O'Connor and the team? Yeah, 100%. Very good. Um, all right, question five. Uh, official Rainbow Ponies or at Get Akira on, is this the real Will Harrison? Um, can I drop Moanga? To pick up a lock now, <laughs> and um, and part three is it time for a fire sale on my Reds players? Gonna smash this out. Uh, we bloody hope this is Will Harrison. How good was he? He kind of looked like Bernard Foley in peak, but um, at only age twenty. Um, the way he just attacked the line at will. Um, Harry again not agreeing with me, but I won't give him the chance to respond. We'll move on to question two. Do not drop Richie Moanga. Um, just don't. That's <laughs> Why would you do that? Um, and, about it. <laughs> and question three, is it a fight, time for a fire sale on the Reds? Look, I don't, I don't think we, I don't think so. Um, what are you, what are your thoughts, guys? Well, they have, I know they have Crusaders coming up in the next couple of rounds as well. So I don't know, maybe need to have a look at their draw. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at now Crusaders away then this week, and then they have the Bulls at home, a bye, then they play Brumbies, Sunwolves, Rebels, Waratahs. So thankfully they're in the Australian Conference. So now they've, they've got a couple of tough matchups, but um, definitely not a fire sale at this stage. Excellent. All right, question six at Bombslang58. Similani is the only question, and good luck to us in answering it. Well, this is what we had alluded to earlier. Harry, yep, smash it out. Yeah, okay, they, they keep saying that it was fitness. Yes, five weeks in is a long time to build fitness, but he did play 17 minutes two weeks ago, 38 minutes last week. I expect him to play probably 50 this week and then start making absolute huge minutes and huge points after that. So I guess it depends where you are on the on the table. If you're at the top of the table and you can afford to hold him for another week or two as a specky, He's got a lot of opportunity. If you're down the bottom of the table like Nelson is trying to hold him, I think it's time to see what value you can get for him because there is no guarantee in fantasy footy when a man's not getting picked. Sounds like you're trying to line up a trade there, Harry. Um, Exploit, kick him out when he's down. (laughs) Um, Look, I think, yeah, how can it be fitness? I mean, he's he's so young and it's not, he doesn't look like the type of bloke that could really put on the pounds. Um, I mean, I know we said in the preseason that head coach, Van Ruin uh, was previously a strength and conditioning coach, so he would have very high fitness standards. But I find it difficult to believe. I feel like he must have pissed someone off somewhere. Sometimes those young players, though, they don't know how to actually look after themselves in the off-season, so they come back having put a few kilos on. So I reckon it's as simple as that. Very good. All right, question seven at Jamie Bruce. Uh, what to do with Bryce Hegarty? He's making me very sad at this stage. Uh, look, we just talked about JOC. If JOC has... Oh, Kagi's just dropped out. Uh, but um, otherwise, oh, have I? Am I back? Yeah, yeah sorry, we yeah. missed you. Say, go again, JOC. Yeah, if JOC has more than an ankle sprain, there may be some hope but um, other for Hegarty. But otherwise, sadly, I think between James O'Connor, Jock Campbell and Lucas, um, 
I think Hegarty has been put out to pasture. Um, and that's just the way the cookie crumbles. Uh, you guys got anything different? I agree. Yeah. Very good. And the, the last question um, at Alex the Tar. Do the stats count when play is called back? He, for example, Vince Arso to set up TJ Perinara and potentially lost 28 points when the TMO called it all the way back. We asked Opta. First response was that it stays in the stats, but the question has been escalated. Um, I would have to double check the stats, but I'm pretty sure sh- I had been working Craig, on the basis that it doesn't. Craig, I mean, you need to learn to read. You just read the answer as part of the question. Oh. He, he didn't do very well in English, mate. Well, no, who didn't, didn't. So who didn't I, put it in bold? I, I emailed Opta shortly before the pod and they got straight back to me and said they believe it stays in the stats, but they have escalated it up to their technicians to find out for sure. Excellent. No, okay. Well, I'm going to blame that on Midnight Brain. But um, no, I, personally, I had always worked on the basis that they did not count, that they were cancelled, and that's just how I go to sleep at night. But um, now you've uh, given me things to think about. So, um, well, very Vince good. Well, four try assists. He did have four try assists, yeah. Look, he had enough stats. Vince had enough, mate. Let's just calm down about Vince. Um, <laughs> but, look, I mean, I know we, uh, we can confirm things. I think someone on Twitter t- just the other day said they just realised or just learnt that a run, like a carry, only counts if you get tackled or touched. Um, I, if, if, you, if our listeners didn't know that. So if someone runs the ball back 30 metres and then passes it to someone before anyone gets near them, that doesn't count as a run in terms of fantasy stats. So, um, yes, just for your knowledge. So you really want them to go into tackle, um, to go into contact rather. Okay, well, that's our listeners' questions for this week for episode 14. Um, thank you again to the Super Sub for um, delivering um, far better performance than uh, his his mainstay could have. Um, and, yeah, it feels good with Nelson back on the bottom of the table and, and not here to refute anything, doesn't it? Back to normality. That's it. All right, well, uh, unless there's any further uh, final thoughts, I think that's going to do us. Um, and, uh, yeah, we'll um, catch you in the next one. See you later. Good on you, fellas. Big and strong, Davis. O'Brien finishes it. Me, oh my, I have enjoyed that. Yes, boy. Me, oh my, I have enjoyed that.